Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views, Zaya Quiana, Bryce Diamond. Sunday morning. Hope you're enjoying some sunshine. Hope you got some some brunch, maybe even some bubbly for brunch. Uh, it is it's packing time. Uh, we're we're getting ready for for a move as as a franchise. Um, Masai's bags are are packed. Uh, Nick Nurse's bags are packed. Guitars packed. The guitar, I don't know. He might be he might be strumming a little bit. Um, tough to say. Tough to say. Uh, Pascal, I think, already sent his stuff home to Toronto. Uh, and Kyle Lowry is kind of in this uh, in-between spot, almost a no-man's land. Uh, my guess is the family's going back to Philly. Shout out to Mary Holloway, who is on Holloway, who is on the uh, Courtside Mom podcast this week with with Wendy Sparks, Ken Birch's mom. Uh, but we are in. This is it, man. This is the uh, the closing week. Next Sunday will be our final game, and I know it's brought it's brought some blues. Um, Zayquina, tell me how you're feeling in this. This this closing week of of the, of the twenty twenty one season. You know, I, I you know I'm at the final stage of uh, of grief, which is acceptance. I've uh, accepted our fate, at least as it pertains to this season. I've accepted um, the 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 curve of development that many of individual players are on and. Um, and expectations that have not been that have gone unfulfilled. I've accepted that as well. And as a as a diehard fan, I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to maintain a level of sanity uh, because uh, we've had a great run. You know, yeah. seven years uh, in the playoffs, seven years of uh, uh, one or two players in an All Star game. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, seven years of having to prepare oneself for the ensuing postseason, right? That the intensity, euphoric, yeah, that euphoric feel that you find you feel in your veins, um, and uh, and for the first, you know, that's not what's going to be offered to us, and right. uh, so immediately, you know, I I'm grateful for uh, our our team, man. And what they've had to um, endure this season, and what they've had to do in terms of sacrifice um, and and risk, and so uh, acceptance and gratefulness, man. Sunday morning feels. Nice. That's my vibe. That's my vibe. Yeah. Um, what stage do you think the longest stage? Or, uh, 
in your stages of grief? What do you think the longest stage was? Man, we're getting personal here. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I I wouldn't say that it was. I wouldn't say it was denial. I think I I I knew that um, uh, you know I, I I'm not disillusioned. You know, I knew even through our struggles how to assess objectively. Um, but I think it had to do with, it would, it would be anger and bargaining. Okay. Yeah. And I would say anger and bargaining. And I think listeners can know that because I think I was going at everyone, you know, right. was, um, I mean, if I'm calling out Adam Silver and Kiki Vanderway, you know, right. deal with some right. internal pain. Yeah. Um, but also now, did you, did, did you get any during that? anger and bargaining stage i got some some texts from from friends of ours mutual friends just checking in is i okay did you get any of those for me no i did not (laughs) i mean i think you knew where my state of mind was i think you were you you were somewhere in pain and guilt and you know it was and the thing with anger and bargaining and you're bargaining in terms of what will i continue to take Right. And right. so for right. us, at least for me, um, I told myself, well, I'm going to continue watching. I'm going to continue right. doing this. I'm going to continue. I'm not <laughs> jumping off the ship. Um, I'm going to endure watching really, you know, some really bad basketball oh, yeah. being played oh, yeah. on the court. I'm going to remain optimistic. And that's the bargaining, right? Do you remain pessimistic and just yeah. veer off the course and think of tanking? Right. Yeah. Or are you asking yourself, okay, what are some positive takeaways? Can I zero in on some areas of growth and and where guys are actually developing, right? And um, and as and how do we stand from a macro perspective? How do we stand with other uh, uh, reiterations of uh, this Toronto Raptors team compare in history, right? So right. that's always having some perspective. And where do we stand throughout the league, right? In terms of, yep. yes, we've had this aberration of a year, but, you know, are, is it that bad? You know, are we, is this, are we invoking the 1990s LA Clippers? Uh, you know, that's yeah. not what the case yeah. is. Are we at the bottom, are we at the bottom of, uh, of the league? Like a, you know, um, I mean, Sacramento, Kings, wow. you know, is, you know, is, is, is Luke you, you know, so, coach? Shoot. Exactly. Right. Like, so, um, and I think one also difficult part where I'm, I think I'm, you know, where I've, you know, there's acceptance and hope, which is the last stage, but right before that is reconstruction and working through. And I think, mm-hmm. I think I told you just offline is, you know, I'm working through what does our roster, right. what does our team look like next year? Right. right. Without with or without um, Kyle Lowry. I think that's a that's a U2 song. Yes. Um, with or without you. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I have to be quite honest that that's difficult because Kyle yeah. has had an imprint on my basketball imagination. Right. And. Uh, and his. He his importance to this team is, you know, there's going to be, you know, a timeline of, you know, pre Kyle Lowry, 
right? And then post yeah. Kyle Lowry, yeah, uh, for our franchise, act has been have, will be enduring. Um, speaking of Kyle Lowry, I got a, I got a question again, personal, and, oh, but I'll, I'll 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 start I'll start to just help give a little bit of buffer, give you some time to to think about this, but. Um, in the dark ages, in the dark years of the Toronto Raptors, 2010, 11, 12, I got engaged to my now wife. And on the day of proposing, on, on, like basically, be, you know, after I proposed, or maybe it was just before I proposed, um, I gave uh, my wife uh, an arsenal scarf to say, just to let you know, when you sign up <laughs> in a long-term committed relationship, you are also marrying into my fandom, my fanaticism with the Arsenal. And of course, the, the Raptors were part of that, but at the time it was a dark era. Um, yeah. You know, a young DeMar just had lost Chris Bosh. So, you know, I wasn't gonna give her a Raptors shirt or, or or toque or anything. When you're when you've gone on some dates, how quickly do you talk about your relationship with Kyle Lowry? <laughs> wow. <laughs> talk about or at least the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Interesting. That's a good question. Yeah. Um well I, I well I think for me it's uh sacred space, right? And so I, I don't usually reveal everything about me. I think right. you know that. I think yeah. you know that. You know, like yeah. it takes time for you, for for me to you know to open up. And not and not to say that I'm introverted per se. Actually, I'm extroverted. Yes. But I, yeah. I think uh, trust needs to be built. And so yeah. much of the intricacies of who someone is, I'm going to try to speak objectively here. Um, you know, it takes time for someone to build that rapport and to, uh, and to be led into the very interior dome, the archives of who that person is. Right. And right. so, um, uh, you know, besides, you know, besides, you know, the deep areas of, uh, my, uh, um, lies the, the, the bookshelf where, you know, there's the encyclopedia of my, of my love right. for the Toronto Raptors. Right. Yeah. So you, so the onus is not on me to share the onus is for that other person right. to, to, to seek out, to discover, goodness gracious, we're going into some <laughs> ter territories here, man. Um, and so my love life, uh, which is not very, you know, it's exciting or anything, but it's quite interesting. In terms We're in of, lockdown. You know, We're in lockdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, you know, much like my deep-seated politics, right? Like I can, sure. I can issue what my quote-unquote beliefs are from a very generic standpoint. And I think you can put me, you know, you could situate me somewhere on the, you know, uh, political spectrum. But well, that really doesn't tell me, doesn't tell you anything about me. Right. You right, got to go. Right. You got to go into the stories. You got to go tell them, you know, I got to tell you about, you know, why I believe in this. And right. so. Um, so, sure. Did I live in Toronto for a span of my life? And yeah. Did I cheer for the Toronto Raptors? Absolutely. Yes. Did I play basketball? Sure. You can, you know, draw to those conclusions. But why? 
But why support a team that, ha, you know, has not at least until 2019 win a cha- won a championship? Why right. support a team that drafted Rafael Arujo? <laughs> why support a team that, you know, gave significant minutes to a Jerome Moiso? Right? Why support a franchise that issued a uh, long-term contract to Yogi Stewart? Right? <laughs> do, do you want to go down? You know, some people don't yeah. want to go there. Right. Some people don't want to go there, man. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, you're conflating trauma and, yeah. you know, all sorts yeah. of uh, dark areas. But it, in, it, yeah. through that labyrinth, yes. through that labyrinth, you find life, man, and love and enchantment. Right. And it, so it, if someone told me that <laughs> <laughs> they were no longer a Toronto Raptors fan, love the NBA, love the game of basketball. But they told me that when Mike Babcock became our GM, <laughs> that they no longer could trust the Toronto Raptors with their heart. I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't, even if Masai came back, or sorry, when Masai came into the Raptors, and even after we got to the conference finals, if they said, I just, Babcock scarred me. I, I would understand. I would completely understand. It's to be loyal to a team in the way that we are for as long as we have been, it's not easy. Um, and certainly uh, yeah, this year points to that. Well, my pushback is this. Part of these communities, is it because of the, the, the history, the regular, you know, the, the, the legalism? And is it, you know, we, we, I, I live in a society in Canada. I live in Ontario. I, I, do I always agree with? Our current premier? Absolutely not. Does the premier right. dictate the type of individual I am? Right. Uh, am I, you know, my quote unquote allegiance loosely to uh, to the land that I'm a part of, to the society? No, absolutely. He doesn't. We do. The people right. do. Right? right. And so much of my our fandom is not grown because of it's not a top down. It's not dictated top down. It's dictated bottom up. Right. right. And so I have to, and this is the growth, pers- you know, or growth curve that many fans have to face. Right. Right. Uh, are you a fan because of the winning record? Are you a fan because of what decisions executives make or ownership or based on ownership? Or are you a fan of because it gives you an opportunity to be a part of something? beyond right. yourself, right? That's transcendent. That gives you opportunity to, 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 to be joyous and as well as to grieve with other people who you may not be biologically, culturally related to, right? right. And that's what the Toronto app, that's what sports does, right? And so when you go back to, you know, we often refer to the English Premier League, you know, one of the biggest differentiations when I grew up my, you know, my, for my brother and I, you know, our father was a big Manchester United fan, right? right. From the Cantona years in the in, in the nineties. Well, wow. Where we where, where we deviated is when we became of age to say, right. no, we're not just going to go for the team that's winning, right? No, I actually don't agree with Ferguson. I don't like this style, right? This is growth, right? And so, you, and the teams that you pick aren't always the teams that were winning. So the team that I jumped upon upon uh, was. Uh, was Chelsea, right? And this was before they were winning because they were recruiting and they were signing a lot more African players. 
it's it's there's anger there's depression there's there's pain there's guilt there's shock there's denial there's all sorts of stuff man so i i would um, say i would say the fandom that i personally have and i'm not going to put you in this category i'll let you speak for yourself is more manic than romantic <laughs> but that's part of fandom yeah. that's yeah yeah that's legitimate um I, I, I also think you have a level of self-control though. You're not, you're not a part of a firm, at least that I know of. Um, <laughs> you're not, you're not in a Bonaclava uh, burning a state part of a stadium. Right. You know, um, I don't even I have a of. burner account. You don't have that. I know of, you don't have a burner account issuing threats to Nick nurse or uh, Masai Ujiri or Adam Silver or Kiki Vanderway. That I know of, right? No, and so no. I think I think there's 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 boundaries involved in this, right? And so I think listeners know that um, we're not just you know our, our our appreciation for the club isn't just or the team isn't just based on okay individual players, but we care about what who they are outside of the yeah. outside of the court, right? Uh, yeah. They're holistic human beings, and so however bad Aaron Baines has played this past year, we oh. still know that he's a he, he, you know, he's a husband, he's a father. Um, yes. And uh, we, we wish his well-being. Um, and uh, we, we know that uh, his contributions on the court or on this team is quite, has been incredibly professional, knowing full well that guys that, like Cam Birch have come and taken his minutes. Uh, someone yeah. like uh, Freddie Galepsi has come and taken his minutes as a G-leaguer. And yeah. there's no, there's no Wolves bomb of, uh, of, of of tension that we know of you know what right. i mean there's no uh there's no individuals like you know uh you know no one's playing the role of snitch alex len you know talking about yep. there's you know disturbances in the locker room right uh there's no feuds between aaron baines and an assistant coach like uh you know like greg indiana foster pacers. and yep. indiana pacers goodness gracious right so people think that that's a given that's not always a given man right right and so uh so yeah so i think our fandom is it comes after you know it's is refined that's based on experience but you know we do our best to hold ourselves accountable um and yeah. we're fans of the game right so i listen we listen to other raptor podcasts right alex right. alex wong's in the will lose of the world uh, yeah dimes and dishes um the 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 uh, Raptor Queens, I think, out in the West Coast. Um, did I say that right, Bryce? I don't know. I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're actually the first ones. They came. Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> now, early, earlier this season, I uh, we didn't talk about this actually on the pod, but I tweeted out that uh, Kawhi Leonard, who is a guy – that you know made uh, a lot of people in Canada, uh, in Ontario, and in, in Toronto Raptors fans for the first time in a long time. Um, but I said that he was never truly a Toronto Raptor. Uh, I I said that uh, he played for the team. He was probably uh, the most talented player we ever have had to don a jersey. But he wasn't. Yep. He wasn't truly 
part of the franchise in a way that was that was tangible and certainly not that that was lasting. Um, and we can talk about that if, if you want, but a guy who was that we played last night was Jonas Valanciunas. He loved the Raptors. I am sure that he would have re-signed had he had not got traded for Marcus All. Uh, but he, he was a guy who fans like us who loved the Raptors, uh, he, w- he was reliable. He was committed to, to our franchise, to the city. And every year would be our stabilizer come game one of the first round of the playoffs. And oftentimes throughout that first round, um, any thoughts on, on JV having reunited with him, or do you want to take a, 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 a stab at that Kawhi Leonard hot take? I'll hold my breath for the Kawhi Leonard <laughs> hot take and, and pivot towards our boy, uh, JV. Um, I still remember JV when he showed up in 2019 playoffs. I think this was game two in Toronto. Bryce and uh, he was donning a black turtleneck, uh, wow. um, and he came in a stance. He was uh, he came to show support to his former teammates uh, because you know a couple of months earlier he was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies for Marcus Saul. And so, for us making our first finals in franchise history, he came to support us, man. Yeah. And we ended up losing that game, but yeah. nevertheless. Um, I, I, you know, his, his, uh, appeal and his, um, his stature with the team will always last. And he also makes a point to go to, 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 to destroy us whenever he does play against us. Like last yeah. night's loss. Uh, are we ever going to talk about it? Yes. Uh, the one hundred nine ninety nine 99 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. My dude had 18 points, 21 rebounds. Dominant. Um, my gosh, man, four blocks um, for plus 19. Um, he told uh, he told both Ken Birch and Freddie Gillespie, maybe whispered it in their ears, that there's levels to this shit, right? Like, yeah. I've been, you know, as, if you're going to play center in this league, you know, you, you know, you got to either wait your turn, take it by the horns, or sit your ass down. And, um, and JV knows, uh, probably has gone through those many stages because, you know, see, since come, he was drafted, what, 2011, stayed in Lithuania for a year and then joined the squad the following year um, and, and has seen him, you know, has been part of success and also been part of failures, right? Um, right. And so, uh, and I, you know, I think Nick Nurse also has, uh, a lot of respect for JV knowing he's been part of his development as a young player. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, always great to see him. Uh, I think there was a moment in the game that, you know, he shared, you know, a few words with, with uh, Kyle Lowry, which is always a special scene yeah. to see, uh, as has been the case for this past year, whenever former Raptors have, uh, <clears throat> have been on the opposite, uh, have, been on oppositional i've been oppositions uh so uh yeah i you know i i i it's still it doesn't sting when he was traded but you felt it because he so wanted to win with us 
Yeah. Right? And um, and there's a there's a there's a small group of fans that actually still would take JV over Marcus All. I don't know why, but right. And I think a lot of that has to do with the romantic ideas, you know, and and yeah. of, of fandom, right? Yeah. And I, which I can understand. Yeah. I mean, we don't win the championship without Kawhi, but we also don't win the championship without Marcus All. Absolutely. That's just, that's just absolutely cool. not. No. Um, we don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't come out of that series no. uh, victorious, um, no. and we definitely do not survive in that uh, Milwaukee series no. without absolutely. Purposeful. Yeah. Um, now, the one thing we we can say about JV, besides the fact that he was he he was you know he bled Raptors purple and probably still does, um, is that every year. He would, like DeMar, like Norm, be working on a different aspect of his game. And mm. I think it's safe to say that uh, the last month, uh, whether we were in denial about it or not, um, uh, the Raptors were in a developmental stage. And then there are guys on the team who played last night uh, that showed us some things uh, that are, are, have been working on their games all year and have, have made some, some nice strides. Um, who is a guy or two that, that you want to talk about that you enjoyed watching last night in a, in a game that, you know, to be honest, I couldn't watch the whole thing, but uh, stayed, stayed in touch with the score. Um, but uh, who who are, who is a guy or two that you liked watching last night in terms of development? Easy, Jalen Harris. Um, I Career high. Made comments. Yeah, I already made comments about him last a uh, uh, couple of games ago, as at least with uh, regarding their game against uh, the LA Clippers, and uh, who you know. <laughs> the thing with the LA Clippers is that they give off this sense of intimidation, right? They have two of the best wing defenders in the league, I think, you know, maybe one or two, it, you can argue, someone can argue if there's, you know, Paul George ranks somewhere in the top five. Um, but Jalen Harris, you know, goes against uh, them and, 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 and has a reasonable output, you know, and, and scoring, um, scoring output. And then against this team, I think he was a little bit more calculated where he can get his shots Mm -hmm. um and you know he shot five for 12 from the field uh two for six from the three-point line so i you know he's learning where to spot up and and guys are finding him uh he goes to the line so he's attacking the rim he went to you know he shot four for four from the free throw line for 16 points as you mentioned six rebounds so he knows that when we're under um uh when we're under uh size that uh, he hits, you know, he can he can get up there athletically. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the areas that I'm really surprised with, he had four assists. Right. Right. And so um, and with one turnover. So he knows where to find guys, which, you know, it's not some guys say, well, you know, he, you know, he's just making the the extra pass. Well, I know guys on this roster who cannot make that extra pass. I know. Right. I know guys on this roster who refuse to make that extra pass. Right. And rather shoot. And rather they shoot it, um, compare his numbers to Gary Trent. Gary Trent struggled last night and yeah. he's still learning, not just the, 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 the schemes on this team. I think he's learning and still developing as a player himself. 
And so it's going to, his, 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 his scoring is going to be much more erratic, um, especially as he's more dependent on a, I would say a point guard, right? Uh, Fred Van Vee or Kyle Lowry. Whereas Jalen Harris is showing me that he can actually create off the dribble more fluidly and find his shot. And he gives me this kind of Lou Williams vibe, right? right. And uh, where he lulls you with his dribble um, and he knows where to find space um, within an offense and get that and get that jumper. So I'm really looking forward to the next four games and what he does and, you know, whether he struggles, whether he, you know, where he gives off bad shots. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'm, I'm interested in his development. I know he's not a guarantee, doesn't have a guaranteed contract for next year as a second rounder. So what does his development look like if he joins, or I believe when he joins our summer league in the off season? Right. Right. And and does a, and, and you know and continues to read the uh, Toronto Raptors playbook right because mm-hmm. um, he seems to be someone who has learned the game. I mean, shout out to his mom uh, who was yeah, also a standout gosh. in college, and so I think he has credited his uh, IQ uh, from her, and so uh, and it shows because I you know there are mis- he was also used defensively, and I think I talked about he's going to sign an extension with this team not just based on his scoring output, but because of what he can do as a two-way player. And he moments last night where he was guarding Joe Morant, John Morant, sorry, um, in the box and one, I was quite impressed, right? John yeah. Morant didn't have a, 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 an, an, an outstanding uh, game and credit the Toronto Raptors, but also credit Jalen Harris, who stood his right. ground when, net, when necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, when I look at, Freddie Gillespie and I, I look at Yuta. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know to what extent they'll play next year. I, I have the, you know, feeling at this point that they're more an 11th and 12th guy on a, on a roster. But when I watch them play, I feel like both of them with more reps and job security are, are going to get better. And I also feel like Yuta's three-point shot could really come on with another full season. I, I don't know if it will get to Matt Thomas level, uh, but I, I think it has the potential um, to be an effective, consistent, you know, 41, 42%. And, and if he does that, if he does that with his level of defensive IQ, spatial awareness, um, if he can improve that offensive side of his game and j- just get more confident, I think confidence comes with consistency. Uh, I think he could be a really nice piece. Um, Freddie Gillespie, big body. I think he's going he's gonna to get smarter uh, with where he needs to be um, to not just play the game at, at a vertical level, but I think his game is... is needs to grow at that horizontal level. He needs a yeah. little bit of ball handling. I think he needs to, to move to look to steal or look to take a charge as he did early in the game yesterday. It looked like uh, Marcus Smart, the way he fell back on a, on a charge. Um, but I, I really think that those two guys uh, can, can be, um, you know, 
two important pieces, again, down the bench in the reserves, but uh, solid players overall. Is there anything you saw from them that you hope to continue to see? Is there anything you'd like to see over the next four games from either of them? No, they've shown me enough to guarantee that they'll be on the roster next year. They've, they've shown pivotal games this season already, uh, particularly uh, Utah, um, where he can play both with a bench or again, or with uh, the starters, right? And I think Nick Nurse has shown that, especially in terms of his rotation, where, you know, he would have the starters and then he has no problem putting Utah there because once he's solid defensively, not just one-on-one, but also in terms of team defense. Um, uh, uh, and he knows where to get his shots now because of that confidence. And his teammates, he's earned it because his teammates are also deferring to him offensively. Um, and, you know, a quick example would be we did lose this game, but against the Knicks, right? Played solid minutes in a game that was quite crucial, right? And so, right. again, that trust factor has already developed. Um, I won't reiterate what you just said because – in terms of where he needs to continue to develop, but you're right. You know, he has to make sure that he doesn't have to shoot the ball as well as Matt Thomas, but to me, he's already better than Matt Thomas because one, he can defend right. and two, his percentages in terms of three point shot is going to come, comes with yeah. reps. Yeah. And so uh, uh, he has all the makings of a, of a, of a, uh, of a, a solid rotation or an NBA player. There was a play last night where, uh, you know, this was on the break. He takes it. Um, um, to the basket, gets fouled, doesn't get the, the call. Um, and, but he, just a strong take in, you know, uh, and a contested take. I'm like, and then he kind of barked at the refs and I'm like, okay, this guy knows he, he belongs here. Right. Right. He knows that he belongs here. He's completely aware that uh, he's not just an NBA player, you know, he's just luck, you know, he's not just lucked out right, and getting right. a roster spot. No, 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 he belongs here and he has the potential of having a long career, all things considered, especially if he avoids injury. So yeah. I, I, selfishly, I would like for it to be with the Toronto Raptors because I think he also adds value in terms of, or he fits culturally to our ethos, yeah. right? Um, but again, that's not, you know, I'm not Bobby Webster, but, um, right. uh, but you know, he, yeah, he also has that defensive capacity to guard one to four. Right. right. Um, right. so to add anything maybe to what you've said is him getting stronger in order for yeah. him to guard fours. And yeah. if he does that, that allows us to play a little bit loosely offensively, you know, spread the court, be yeah. much more athletic. So, um, but he, he, you know, uh, but I think he has all the capacities and, and he's equipped to, to reach that ceiling. Um, this month is Asian Heritage Month. And yeah. uh, yesterday uh, at the start of the game, uh, of course, Yuta started uh, against his former team. Uh, he played mostly with the G League, um, the grind, Memphis grind. Uh, but he was matched up against Kyle Anderson, who I learned last night, uh, like my wife's family, is, has Chinese Jamaican blood, which was kind of a mm. neat uh, connection. Um, I, I want to just take a brief moment here uh, before we, we call it a pod um, to, to 
just talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a team that uh, just missed the playoffs last year. They're right now in the play-in scenario. I believe they're ninth. And I, I think they'll, they'll be fine. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, below San Antonio is going to catch them. I think San Antonio's been struggling. I think they have six straight losses. So they're, they're kind of in jeopardy of maybe getting knocked out of the plan. But if the Grizzlies uh, lose in the plan, which, you know, if I were betting, I would say that <clears throat> they probably will lose, whether it be to the Spurs or, or to uh, a Golden, Golden State, State. Or, or, yeah. or Lakers team, depending on how that plays out. Do you go with this team, this this roster, one more year? Are they young enough? Do they still have some 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 growth, or are you starting to break this up? Are there some trades because there's some youth that you're putting some pieces together to get some b- bigger names and and more talent around John Morant? What's your take on the Memphis Grizzlies? Um, you know, someone mentioned, I think it was Jack Armstrong talked about, uh, coach Jenkins, the Grizzly, uh, Memphis Grizzlies and his age. He's, I think he's 40. And, right. Uh, One of the youngest remarkable. coaches. Sure. Yeah. Quite remarkable. Uh, and he, uh, showed last year, at least to me that he, he, he can coach in this league. He can coach at a high level. He's, uh, he and his coaching staff are quite sh- sharp and especially coaching young players and making young players compete day in day out uh it was quite yeah. remarkable um but you could see i think i talked to you about it uh offline is that uh there's deficiencies in their roster because they have to make a decision do they play fast or right. do they play slow to accommodate uh uh, uh yeah right? and um but uh, they've also been injured. They've been riddled with injuries. Uh, uh, they have a, a stud in Triple J that has just yeah. returned. I think he's played less than 10 games this season. Goodness gracious. Okay. So okay. Uh, he looked outworldly, man. Um, right. He's athletic. He's long. He's smart with the ball. He's 6'11". Um, he, you know, shows a little bit of, Anthony Davis, you know, uh, right, game right. in terms of his athleticism, but also skill set. Uh, now, do you you have to build your game, your team around him and John Morant? To be quite honest, and yeah. if you want to compete in the Western Conference, you're going to have to have a bit more talent on the wings. You, right. you won't survive, to be quite honest. So you can't, you know. And shout outs to Canadian. Um, uh, Dylan Brooks, you know, Bro- Dylan Brooks uh, who uh, uh, played at least one year in my former high school, uh, uh, father in your car, holler your boy. Um, uh, he's, you know, a solid rotational player, but if you want to compete in the Western Conference, <laughs> if you want to compete in the league, right? Yeah. Bryce, you, you know, you go that you have to invest at least on that wing. You're going to have to at least invest in someone who's a not it doesn't have to be all-star but he has to be above average right he can you know a sub you know and a sub all-star for me is someone like tobias harris for example right, right. uh middleton right yeah they're, yeah they're all-stars because of the team that they're on but right uh, alone on themselves they're sub all-stars right right uh they're a super they're a super rock um uh, role player 
Yeah. And so um, does that mean that they give up JV? I don't know. Or do they use what the, do they do use a model, which the Toronto Raptors did uh, last, you know, years past where JV comes off the bench, he plays with that second unit and he's that solid five, right? But yeah. when you want to, when you start games and when you close games, you go with that smaller lineup, knowing full well that you have a lot more versatility. So um, there's no reason to me why Jenkins has to be fired. Uh, I, I'm, may, you know, I, I'm, I'm outside of the executive box, so I don't know what decisions internally are being processed. But they have all the, the tools to, to, um, to compete in the West and to, and and to start kind of gr- and growing as a potential, you know, grind 2.0. Um, but uh, on top of wing players, I think you have to add veterans. This team, did, yeah. last night, you know, I guess even our G League guys, yeah. they, they were making mistakes. And I'm like, okay, this can be addressed if you have veteran presence. So yeah. um, that's my bit. Yeah. I mean, if they were in the East, they'd be in the same spot. You know, they might instead of ninth, they might be eighth and take out Charlotte. But, but them exactly. and Charlotte are basically in the same spot. Uh, both of them have, you know, high caliber young point guards with, uh, you know, a bunch of guys who are solid role players, but on other teams might not make a starting group. Um, and it, you know. Uh, they, you know, in, in the state of Tennessee, you have no income tax. So you could lure a free agent or two uh, to your to your club, um, especially like a, a guy who's who's not um, all star caliber, but just off all star caliber, um, which is what, yeah. uh, you, you know, which is what Charlotte did. Right. They right. gave more money yep. uh, to um, uh, Haywood because. Right there is no way that they can lure any other free agent. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Haywood is able to get them, you know, he's that wing player that's maybe sub all-star that can get yeah. you, you know, being competitive in your conference, which is exactly what they were able to accomplish this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. that They're going to be an interesting team. Um, and when you think of, and I'm not saying this for sure, I'm just thinking of what they need. <clears throat> this could be, uh, it would be the type of spot that you could see Kyle Lowry go to and we get back, you know, a Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark kind of trade. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's that type of guy that they need no. with John Morant. No, you're, ab- no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely <clears throat> um, right. It's like what now, Chris Paul that, has done to the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Right? and even you Oklahoma that, City yeah. last year. Exactly. Yeah. It's, that player can literally – my gosh, not just save your season, but put you on a different stratosphere. Right. Now, does that make you championship contenders? Probably not, but it gets you in a position that you're maybe fifth or sixth. And, and, you know, depending on the, how the first round goes, uh, you might be able to make a first round upset. And and more importantly, Bryce, does that accelerate the growth of some of the young players on your roster? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen the advantages for the Toronto Raptors, even with Kyle sitting on the bench, right. As this proxy coach. Uh, So we know very well that that's the case for the Chris Paul in OKC, helping Shea Gilgis Alexander accelerate in his growth and, um, and the same with Devin. Yep. 
Definitely. Yeah. It's not just your on-court performance that's going to put you on a different structure. It's also the exponential growth that it's going to lead for the other players on that roster. Shoot, I think even the coach will improve. Yeah. If having yeah. a Kyle Lowry. Nick Nurse has improved and grown yeah. because he has a Kyle Lowry. Goodness gracious. Definitely. Definitely. Well, it, th- they'll be interesting. I- I'll be, I'm curious to see them in the plan to see if they could even beat San Antonio. Um, I'd be curious what they look like against a Golden State or a Lakers team, depending who's yeah. healthy yeah. there. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, the Toronto Raptors ha- have, have packed up and they're developing – uh, they're, they're bench guys. And as you said, evaluating who, who's staying and who's going for next year. But I think we can both agree as we wrap up this pod that Aaron Baines is going to the Australian Basketball League next year. And I wish him, I wish him all the best. <laughs> I didn't say that. You, you did. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope some roster spot opens up for him and right. you know, he can finish his career playing one or two years as a providing right. good veteran presence and then and then you know maybe his latter years he can be this kind of coach coach player or owner of a team in the nbl yeah 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 Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting where where he lands well we have a lot more to talk about uh it seems like the the season is completely flaming out which is fine i think as you said we've accepted this uh the bitcoin is lost um for sure um, or at least uh, with the stocks plummeting, maybe it's time to buy more for next season. Uh, but uh, we will have lots of league musings. I'm very curious uh, who you think the favorites are in each conference and who you want to see win, even if they're not the favorites, who you want to see win. Uh, my daughter and I have been talking about this over the last two weeks who is our team in the east that will be following each of us and who's who's the team in the west i'll say that my daughter's staying loyal to jimmy butler uh she believes that the heat can make an upset and where i'm sticking to uh uh my fun team for this year which is the atlanta hawks in the eastern conference so there will be more conversations about league musings in the meantime man enjoy some sunshine on a sunday afternoon a pleasure to talk to you as always. It's as best as it's the best thing you can get uh, during this pandemic is some sunshine. Uh, um, and uh, I also wish uh, some sunshine for our Toronto Raptors as they remain the last few, they finished off the last few days. Absolutely. Well, it won't leaving Tampa won't come quick enough for me. And I think that that sentiment is shared by many of the Raptors. Eh? Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, Peace. Make sure you say happy Mother's Day to, uh, to your mom as, as I will to mine. Happy Mother's Day to all who are also listening. Thank you. Yes. Yes. All right, my friend. Peace. Peace. Peace.